Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. On today's episode, we are going to talk about Monte Carlo analysis and specifically why a Monte Carlo analysis is not a financial plan. If you don't know what a Monte Carlo analysis is, I will walk through it, what it is, how it works, what it's used for. But more importantly, I want to reframe how it works and what its importance is in a financial plan. Before we dive in today, though, want to re- or want to highlight a recent review on Apple Podcasts. I always appreciate when you leave reviews and want to highlight this one from Doug Bob. Doug Bob says, James does a great job clearly addressing a specific topic in each podcast. I've mostly been listening through YouTube. He isn't sensationalist, and he has a nice balance of encouraging, reasonable investing, and letting people know when they have enough and can enjoy the fruits of their labors. Very refreshing. Thank you, Doug Bob, for that review. If you have not left a review, I would really appreciate it if you would do so. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, and you can now also do that on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, you've listened to a few episodes, you're enjoying the content, please just give this a quick five-star review. It helps more people find the show and really love to be able to impact as many people as possible. And as this review said, this is also on YouTube. So if you have not checked out the show on YouTube, as well as the supplemental content, this episode is always released on Tuesday, just like it is on iTunes or Spotify. You can also find it on YouTube. And there's a supplemental video that is released every Saturday. So on Saturday, it's an actual video, sometimes similar content as a podcast, sometimes a little bit different. So thank you for all of you who have left reviews, for all of you who have listened. And with that, let's jump into the episode for today. The reason I want to talk about Monte Carlo analysis today is because I think it is wrongly used. I I think people perceive it in a different way than it's actually designed to be used for. And I say this because I get the privilege of speaking with quite a bit of people. So people that come to me as clients oftentimes will find me through this podcast or through YouTube or through various sources. And it's wonderful. I get to have conversations with people all over the country. One thing that is the same in many of those conversations is I'll always ask people if they worked with a financial planner before. For those that say yes, I will ask them to describe their experience. And it's usually something on the lines of, you know, I went to this planner, I told them everything I have, and they came back to me and they told me my Monte Carlo analysis score. And I say, great. I say, what else do they do? And they say, well, not, not really a whole lot. They told me how to invest my money and they have told me I have a 95% probability of success. Or they told me I have a 70% probability of success. Or they told me I have a 100% probability of success. And I say, anything else? And they say, no, not really. And to me, that's not a financial plan. A Monte Carlo analysis, it's a very easy output that a financial planner can generate. And so that's why it's so often used. But it is not a financial plan by itself. It can be a complement to one but it's really not the be-all, end-all. Really, a financial plan is telling you what to do. What specific actions can you take to either get to where you want to go or improve what you're doing, but it's a direct action you can take. Monte Carlo is some vague probability of success. So for those of you who aren't familiar, or maybe those of you who have heard the term and you've even had one run for you, but you really don't have any idea what it actually is, let me explain it real quick. A Monte Carlo simulation or a Monte Carlo analysis What it is, is it's a model used to predict the probability of different outcomes when there's different random variables involved. So for example, let's say you run a financial projection and you want to know, am I on track for retirement? Or you want to know how much can I spend in retirement? One of the assumptions you're going to have to make is what rate of return are your investments going to generate for you? 
let's say you start with a number like 6%. Well, when you look at a projection, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or whether it's financial planning software, whether it's whatever it is, you're going to look at your portfolio and it's going to show you getting 6% every single year in that projection. And it's just kind of a straight line growth rate. The reality is you are never going to get exactly 6% year in and year out, even if your portfolio over time averages 6%. So what a Monte Carlo analysis does is it understands that let's say you have two different investors. Let's say you have investor A and investor B, and they both retire at the same time, and they both average 6% growth in their portfolio over the next 30 years of their life. Well, just because both of them average 6% per year does not mean they have the same exact experience in terms of how much they can spend, how much they'll be left with, and what that experience looks like throughout retirement. If investor A retires and there's a great bull market that carries their portfolio higher and higher and higher the first part of retirement and then it kind of levels out it reverts to the mean on the back end versus investor b who also gets a six percent average growth rate but has a terrible first few years and then the portfolio recovers on the back end they don't end up with the same ending balance they don't end up with the ability to see the same amount of income or spend the same amount of income investor a has a much better experience because of those early good years So what a Monte Carlo analysis attempts to do is it says, okay, maybe you're going to get a 6% average rate of return or an 8% average rate of return or a 4% average rate of return, whatever you're going to assume. But within that, there's a whole bunch of different experiences that you could have. What if you retire another 2008 market happens and you lose 40, 50% of the stock portion of your portfolio before it recovers again? Versus what if you retire and you have several good years in a row? So what a Monte Carlo analysis does is it says, let's run the projections. Let's understand what you want to spend or how much you're saving or what your financial plan looks like. And then let's run thousands of randomly generated simulations. So based upon what's called the standard deviation and return characteristics of the different investments you have, it simply looks at what are all the potential outcomes. And it gives you more a range of potential outcomes of what's best case scenario, what's worst case scenario. And at the end of the day, when you get that probability of success, Let's say your financial plan says you have an 80% probability of success after running a Monte Carlo simulation. What that means is in 80% of the scenarios, and there might be 10,000 different scenarios this Monte Carlo simulation runs, 80% of them, you have a successful outcome, which is defined however your financial plan defines it. But usually it's you didn't run out of money at any point along the way. Those 20% of the outcomes, so in this case in 2,000 of the 10,000 randomly generated scenarios that were generated, you did not make it to the end of your retirement without running out of money. So usually if you go to a financial planner, if you run a financial plan on your own, you might hear the financial planner say, look, if you have an 85% chance or higher Monte Carlo simulation, you are in what we might call the confidence zone. If you're probably going to make it, you're probably going to be just fine. Maybe if you're in the 70 to 85% range, it's kind of that iffy area where, where you might be okay, you might not be. And if you're under 70%, we probably need to change your plan. And a lot of advisors will just leave it at that. And if you're an investor, if you're if you're looking at this, you're saying, well, what on earth does this mean to me? Okay, so what? I have a 90% probability of success. What do I do? What does that mean for my financial plan? And this is my issue with Monte Carlo analysis is not that it's not a good thing, but people make it the thing. They think that having a financial plan means they have some probability of success that's ratcheted up as high as it could possibly be. 
But if that's all you're doing and there's not a so what component to it of how can you improve, what should you do, how much can you spend, how much do you need to save, how do you need to allocate your portfolio, if those types of things are not taken into consideration or you don't have a plan for what to do, a written plan with what to do with those, then so what? And the other thing is this. Let's say I tell you you have a 90% chance of success. Is that good or is that bad? You know, in grade school or college or high school, 90%, okay, that's an A minus. That doesn't seem so bad when I look at it that way. But what if I told you you were going to get on an airplane and you have a 90% probability of success of reaching your destination? Are you going to get on that airplane? No, absolutely not. And so as we look at this, we need to understand how does a Monte Carlo simulation fit within a financial plan because it is not the financial plan. It's almost like this. It's almost like Monte Carlo is like if you go on a hike and you ask the tour guide, how do I get to where we're going? How do I get to where I'm going? And they say, hey, James, you know what? If you just start walking down that path right there, you have an 87% chance of reaching your destination. Okay. Is that a guide? Is that a plan? Is that a roadmap to get me from where I am to where I want to be? No, it really means nothing. Well, that's kind of like what a Monte Carlo simulation is. They say, okay, James, based upon your projections and what you're doing financially, you have an 87% chance of success or you have an 87% chance of reaching your destination. Unless I'm being told what I should really be doing, it's not really a complete plan. A true financial plan should tell you what you should be doing along the way. Are there better paths to take to get to where I want to go? Are there little shortcuts to avoid the treacherous areas along this hike? Are there times where I should just stop and enjoy the view instead of just pushing, 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 going back to that hiking analogy? So that's what a financial plan does. A financial plan tells you what to do. It gives you actions. Monte Carlo gives you a vague probability of success that can complement a financial plan, but should never be the plan itself. So that being said, let's quickly talk about what are the benefits and what are the downsides of a Monte Carlo analysis. Number one, let's start with the benefits. I've done enough bashing on it. The benefits are, there's a quote that says, I'd rather be approximately right than precisely wrong. That's what a Monte Carlo analysis can do for you. Once you have some of the inputs and you understand what you want to be doing and you do have some of the actions of, okay, if I save X number of dollars per year, if I spend X number of dollars per year in retirement, if I allocate my investments this way, if I collect social security at these ages, if I do this with healthcare, you know, you fill in all the, the inputs, a Monte Carlo analysis does give you some approximation of, are you on track or not? Number two, and this kind of really ties into this, it's kind of like a temperature check. Uh, let's say you run this and you have a 10% probability of success. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board. I'm probably not going to make it. Let's see what I need to do. On the other hand, if you have a 100% probability of success, I'll say right now, that's not necessarily the goal. If you have a 100% probability of success, in most cases, that means you are spending far less than you potentially could be in retirement. And if you look at the simulation, I mean, it's actually kind of comical when you do this, a Monte Carlo simulation, it says, okay, James, based upon your projection, you're either going to die with $80 million in your portfolio or you're going to go broke by the age of 72. So, so it's, it's a very, very broad simulation. So if you have a 100% probability of success, it means you are probably way too conservative with your planning in the sense that you have enough assets to generate all the income you're going to need or generate success, however your plan defines it. And, and still be just fine, even if you have a terrible go at it in the stock market or different things along the way. So if you're looking at your Monte Carlo analysis and this is 100%, I don't necessarily look at that as a good thing. I would want to see, okay, what else can we squeeze out of this? Because when you're looking at Monte Carlo, 
what you're trying to do is going back to that 90% chance of success analogy of what do you get on an airplane with a 90% probability of success? No. And so it kind of freaks people out when they see a Monte Carlo analysis telling them that same 90% chance. What it truly means, if you look at it and if you understand the different things that could happen along the way, is most people look at that of, oh my gosh, one out of 10 times I retire and I fully run out of money. Yes, if you don't make any changes to your plan. But the reality is if you have a 30-year retirement, if you have an understanding or if you have an advisor that says, look, if something starts to deviate off track, maybe we cut spending one year. Maybe we make an adjustment here. Maybe we push that vacation into the following year. It's a 10% chance of having to make some modification along the way is really what a 90% chance of success means. It's not a 10% chance of failure. It's not like you're flying high and everything's going great and you wake up one day and you've totally failed and you're out of money. It's something that should be monitored along the way. And so if you have a 100% probability of success, it probably means you're being too conservative or too tight with what you're doing. And, And if that's okay with you, then wonderful. That's great. But in most cases, I look at that not necessarily as a good thing. I'd rather look at that and say, hey, how do we lower this a little bit? Again, understanding that Monte Carlo is a supplement to a financial plan, not the financial plan. How do we lower this probability of success a little bit to allow you to do more, to spend more, to give more, whatever it is that's most important to you? But one of the benefits back to the Monte Carlo analysis piece is it does give you that gauge, that temperature check of are we way off course in either direction of spending way too much or spending way too little or or something like that. Number three, the third benefit of the Monte Carlo analysis, in my opinion, is it does help to give you an understanding of the uncertainty of investing. A lot of times people will say, hey, can you just run a projection for me so I can see if I can retire or not? And I'll say, yes, absolutely. That's the easy part. I can run projections all day long, but those projections are based upon me being able to assume what's going to happen over the next 20, 30 plus years. And while we can make some reasonable assumptions about what we think is going to happen, we have to have the humility and the understanding and the perspective to realize that we can't predict what the stock market's going to do. And even let's say we could, let's assume that we could predict exactly what your average rate of return is going to be. Well, we certainly can't predict the frequency of those returns or the sequence of those returns is a better way of saying it. So what Monte Carlo analysis does is you may run a plan where if you assume a growth rate of say 6% per year in your investments, it shows you be totally fine over the course of your retirement. But once you run that Monte Carlo simulation, maybe it gives you an 80% probability of success. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, what just happened? I thought that this plan said I was on track to be just fine. Well, yes, but until we start to understand that the future is unknowable, and if you retire in a great time or a bad time, or if the market does this or does that, it could really start to skew this. So what the Monte Carlo analysis does do is it does help to set some expectations of just because a straight line projection based upon some growth rate in your investments shows you that you're going to be okay, depending on the sequence of those returns or what the market actually does, you may need to make some modifications along the way. So it does help to frame it from that perspective. So those are some of the benefits of a Monte Carlo analysis, but here's some of the things that I don't really like about it. Number one, just because you are, say, at a 100% chance of success on your Monte Carlo analysis, that does not mean you are doing the best you could possibly be doing. It does not mean that everything is absolutely optimized for your situation. For example, let's assume that you have a financial plan and you want to retire and live on $60,000 per year through retirement, so $5,000 per month. Let's also assume that you have social security and a pension. In between those two income sources, you have $70,000 per year coming in. And then you also have your portfolio on the side. Well, the Monte Carlo analysis is going to tell you, you have a 100% probability of success in terms of meeting all of your income needs in retirement. 
it's going to say that because even before you look at your portfolio, social security times two plus a pension is going to give you more than enough income that you need to live on. So you could have the worst allocated portfolio that you've ever seen. You could be doing the absolute wrong thing when it comes to tax strategies. You could be maybe not even collecting social security the optimal way for you, whatever it is. There could be a lot of things you're doing wrong, but Monte Carlo analysis is still going to say 100% chance of success because even if your portfolio disappeared, you would still have enough income to meet your expenses in this scenario. So what it does is it sometimes confuses people or it sometimes is misleading in the sense that if you have a 100% probability of success, it means you're doing all the right things. And that is certainly not the case. So don't confuse or don't mix up a high probability of success with a stamp of approval that you are absolutely doing everything that you can to optimize your situation, because that is definitely not always the case. Number two, the second thing I don't like about it is really the main thing. Monte Carlo analysis, whether you have a high probability of success or a low probability of success, that alone does not show you the path from where you are to where you want to be. If you go to your financial planner and they tell you you have some random probability of success, it doesn't do anything for you. Really what a financial plan should do is let's assume that you want to retire. Well, let's start by understanding what's the cost of that retirement going to be. Well, let's factor in inflation. Let's factor in taxes. Let's get a total picture of what the next 20, 30 plus years are going to look like for you. Then from there, once we have an idea of how much it's going to cost, what non-portfolio income sources will you have coming in? Meaning things like social security or pension or rental income, really any income sources that will help you to meet those living expense needs throughout retirement before you actually have to dip into your portfolio or your savings. Once we do that, now we can understand what's the shortfall between your desired expenses and the income you'll have coming in from things like social security and pension or rental income. That difference, that's what needs to come from your portfolio. So we can calculate what that looks like. Then we can start to understand how much do you have in your portfolio today. Let's run some projections of what withdrawal rate would be needed to supplement social security, pension, other income sources. When we look at all this, is there a shortfall at the end of retirement or is there an excess at the end of the retirement? great. It's almost always a shortfall or a significant excess when you run some of these projections. It's almost never perfectly in between. So based upon that, what can we adjust? Can we adjust your spending? Can we adjust what you're doing? Can we adjust your tax strategy? Can we adjust your investment allocation? Can we adjust how you think about long-term care insurance or health care or even life insurance? Is everything properly structured with your estate plan or your beneficiary designations? Those things, I know I kind of spoke through that really fast, that's what a real financial plan does is it walks you through all that. It helps you understand what you can actually do. A Monte Carlo analysis, whether you have a 50% chance, a 75% chance, a 100% chance of success, it does not actually tell you what to do. That's why this should be a complement to a financial plan. It should not be the financial plan like unfortunately too many financial planners make it out to be. Number three, the third reason I don't like Monte Carlo analysis is it does not show you the magnitude of failure. I'm actually borrowing this from a Michael Kitz's post. It was guest authored by Derek Tharp. I'll include a link in the show notes. And they use an example. They say, let's look at this. So assume that you have a spouse or two spouses. You have George and you have Susan. And George and Susan, they want to spend $6,000 per month. And between the two of them, they're bringing in $5,500 per month in Social Security. Well, what that means is the gap there is only $500 per month. So hypothetically, even if they ran out of money, So let's say their Monte Carlo chance of success was 0% because they were going to run out of money. Well, even if worst case scenario they did, 
it's really not a huge pay cut that they're taking because they're just going from $6,000 per month in this scenario to $5,500 per month in this scenario. So it's an 8.3% pay cut that they're taking, even in the worst case scenario. So that's they had a 0% probability of success in that. They knew they were going to run out of money. And even after running out of money, it's not like they can't have income coming in. They just take an 8.3% pay cut. Well, compare that to another couple, using this example again from this Kitsis and Derek Tharp blog post. You have another couple named Jerry and Elaine who also want to spend 6000 per month. But Jerry and Elaine, they don't have any social security. They don't have any pension. They have none of that. They are fully dependent upon their portfolio to cover all of their income needs. Well, they are entirely dependent upon their portfolio. And because of that, if they have a Monte Carlo rate that has a 0% probability of success or very low probability of success, if they run out of money, unlike George and Susan in our previous example, who still had most of their income still coming in from social security, Jerry and Elaine would be in a really, really tough spot because they don't have those other income sources. So their income would go from 6,000 down to zero if they were to run out of money in their portfolio. So what this is showing is Monte Carlo analysis, even if George and Susan and Jerry and Elaine both had the same probability of success, even if it was very low, even if they ran out of money, it does not measure the magnitude of failure. For George and Susan, it's maybe a little bit of an inconvenience. They take an 8% pay cut each month, but they still have social security coming in. For Jerry and Elaine, it's totally devastating. They no longer have any income coming in if they run out of money. So Monte Carlo does not have the ability of measuring the magnitude of failure. That's where it needs to be complemented with something else. But that's sometimes a shortcoming is to some people, 20% probability of success or 80% probability of success. You can take two identical couples and if they both have the same thing. The actual instance of failure or success for both of them doesn't actually translate to being the actual same. And then number four, fourth reason I don't really like Monte Carlo analysis is it just doesn't give you peace of mind. If you go back to that 90% chance of success example, really what we hear is, oh my gosh, I have a 10% chance of failure. I have a 10% chance of living under a bridge out of a cardboard box and just having a terrible retirement is what we hear. That's what our minds translate this into. But reality is if done right, it really means you have a 10% chance that you're going to have to make some adjustment along the way. Adjustment to your spending, adjustment to the inflation adjustment you're going to have, something like that but it's not a 10% chance that you wake up one day totally out of money, totally broke, and your retirement is ruined. So the Monte Carlo analysis just doesn't give you that peace of mind. So that being said, again, this episode is just all about a Monte Carlo analysis not being a financial plan. I walked through this earlier, but what should a financial plan tell you? It should tell you how much can you confidently spend. It should tell you where will income come from in retirement. It should tell you how will you protect against the risks of healthcare, long-term care, death, It should tell you how can you save the most amount of money in taxes over the course of your retirement. It can tell you or it should tell you how should you best allocate your assets to support your goals. It should tell you probably most importantly, how can you live your best life? Your portfolio is not the star of the show. It's a role player. Your portfolio is designed to support you and your lifestyle and what you want to do. It's not about how do you accumulate the biggest portfolio. It's how do you let your portfolio best support you. So as you're looking at this, success to many is looking at the size of their portfolio. Success should be looking at the intentional way in which you're able to live because of your portfolio, your income sources, or your other financial resources. So as you're running your financial projections or as you're talking to your financial planner, it shouldn't just be to see how can I maximize my odds of success? How can I get my Monte Carlo analysis score to go from 97% to 98% to 99 to 100? 
you're just spinning your wheels if that's what you're doing. The sign of a great financial plan is a life well lived. A life well lived means understanding how your portfolio, how your financial resources can support what you want to do to live intentionally. In a Monte Carlo analysis, it's not going to tell you how to live a great life. It's going to tell you the probability of running out of money given a series of data inputs that you don't ever adjust over the course of, for many people, what could be a 20, 30 plus year retirement. So a Monte Carlo analysis can be a great complement to a financial plan. It should not itself be the financial plan. So that is it today. Thank you as always for listening. It's a privilege to be able to spend this time with you wherever you may be. Leave a review if you have not already done so. Check us out on YouTube if you've not already done so. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.